0: Uh, you know this is such a big pain. I wish I, you know, someone solved this for me, and I would pay you a million dollars on the spot. <laughs> so, at which point you go? We were actually doing pre-sales.
1: Four, three, two, one. We have ignition.
2: Welcome back to All the Responsibility, None of the Authority, a podcast for product managers, marketers, innovators, and entrepreneurs. I'm Rob McGrody, alongside my co-host, Niels Davis. Today, we're bringing you part two of our interview with product board founder and CEO, Hubert Palin. If you missed part one, you might be a little lost. We highly recommend you start there to get the background on Hubert and the topics leading up to this episode. If you are caught up, then without further ado, we'll dive right back in. So how do you see product organizations documenting their user research today? And what are some of the pitfalls that you're coming across?
0: People write it down into documents, you know, Google Drive, right? And you put there, you know, all these interviews or you write it in Evernote. And then it's so hard to get visibility into what are the patterns, you know, how what was the frequency of the problems that people mentioned. you know oh help me remember I remember we talked to this one guy and he said so and so you know I, I can't remember exactly let me go and find a document and see where it documented was spotlight thinking, recency bias, the last two weeks, that's how our brains work, right? You remember the emotions in with which it was delivered to you, that information, and then you somehow internalize it and you think that it was the most important thing in the world. You try to avoid that, but it's just very hard because, you know, the waterfall of information is constant and uh, you're just trying to deal with it somehow. Well,
1: and, and even with all those biases, something you heard about three months ago, You probably won't even remember it. Your brains can't do it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's interesting. That gets into sort of another question I had. As you're dealing with the people who are not focused on product, people who are in, say, support, sales, marketing, they may not even be aware of the biases that we work so hard to counteract. How do you train an organization or what tools do you give them to help them get past some of those biases Mm -hmm and get down to the roots of the causes and the problems. You know, if a sales rep comes to you and says, I heard five people who asked for a feature X this week, it must be super important. You're slowing me down. You're causing me not to hit my numbers. Build that feature, which is very yeah. different than saying, I have 20 people who have this sort of problem. Find me a way to solve it, and I'll sell it for you, even if it's not out there yet. So how do you yeah. how do you train people, or what tools do you use to get them past feature X and get them towards problem
0: Z? Yeah. Uh, that's a great question. And I think that there's actually a few things going on there. One is that your role as a product leader is to communicate all the time, constantly the product strategy. And you know what I described previously as the, what problems for what people are we solving with, with what products? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I draw this as a little triangle with three Ps, problems, people, products. And that's the role of product management. And that's what I mentioned, I said, Put out the matrix for everyone to see. What are the problems in the different segments? And then when someone comes to you, and asks for a feature, you can say, "That's great. Let's talk about what this feature solves and let's see, you know, where into what buckets, right? Like you can create some hierarchy or you know, affinity diagramming for the problems and group them together, and have that conversation around where does this fit into this plan that we have here on the board." Um, in terms of what problem it solves and for what people. And so if you keep repeating this context, people will eventually understand that what you know, that landscape and they will be able to themselves kind of understand, well, okay, this I I know that this is coming up frequently, but I also know that this is a request and problem of, of a segment that we decided we're not gonna focus on now. So there's a huge communication piece and being very transparent and always have the conversation about why for whom a functionality is important, and you know whether we should uh, focus on it or not. And then the other critical thing is all these groups of people are exposed to different types of users. The salespeople, uh, with you know their best desire to generate as much revenue, they will always push for the f- functionality that is on the short term or in the short term pipeline. Like by the nature of they're trying to close the deal, so they will come to you and they will push for what is in there, regardless of whether this is the uh, target segment. And then, you know, if you think about support people, support people, they are exposed to current customers. They are not exposed to prospects that didn't buy, so they don't have that context. You know, marketers, again, they are more exposed to, hey, what's working, what is converting, where at the, at the top of the funnel, acquisition and so on. But they might be a little disconnected about the actual uh, value proposition inside the product in terms of what is already done and what it can deliver. And so the communication is always help people understand the context, as I mentioned with that matrix, as well as to help them understand that the piece that they see is just a piece of the whole puzzle. And so the role of the product manager should be to always kind of paint the whole picture and explain, look, this is what is important for this segment and solving these problems. But within that segment, there are customers in different stages. There are prospects, there are the lost accounts, there are our current customers. And we need to understand that there's differences in what bugs these different people. So long, long answer, but it's about the context the product leaders need to communicate this context throughout the organization because if they don't, if product management is just kind of like a black hole, then you will never achieve alignment and ultimately people are unhappy, they're not motivated, they feel like they're not listened to and the result is um, is misaligned organization with bad products again. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good point.
1: So you're now, of course, making this new product called Product Board to help solve some of those things. So what are things that people will see in Product Board that they don't see or haven't seen in other types of solutions that are supposedly the product management toolbox?
0: Yeah, absolutely. The vision here is to be able to organize and centralize all this feedback in a way that allows you to discover the patterns that you see. You know, What are the problems? What are the key little insights that people mention? we're centralizing the feedback from a variety of different sources, then allowing you to identify and kind of highlight, like, you know, think about it as a highlighter um, in a book, like, oh, this is really interesting insight, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I need to I need to ca- somehow capture it and I need to put it into this collection. And, you know, maybe later on this, this will become, um, when I understand it more, this problem, it, it might be something very important that, you know, I might figure out a solution
1: for. You have all this input and you're you're highlighting it, and all those highlights become a pool of maybe proto ideas or maybe a little bit of a signal made out of the noise
0: yeah, 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 and it's not you know i I mentioned the highlights it's it depends how much of the feedback you have right if if you're a smaller startup you can do it manually and you can go and highlight things or if it's if it's customer interviews loss interviews or just user research that you've done and you actually have someone from the product team reading reading it and conducting it then you can do it in manual way uh, but larger companies we can start using machine learning and and look for uh, automated ways how to identify uh, patterns in the feedback you know are people complaining more about performance or are they complaining about uh, I don't know, do they have security concerns or, you know, some mm. specific functionality. So we can get much smarter there when it comes to millions of support tickets. And then once you have it all together, then you you go to product board and you click on the feature and you see there who, what customers or what prospects or, you know, internal stakeholders provided feedback and how important was it? Was it just something they say, oh, yeah, it would be really cool if or they said, Ah, uh, you know this is such a big pain. I wish I, you know, someone solved this for me, and I would pay you a million dollars on the spot. <laughs> so, at which point you go? We were actually doing pre-sales. Uh, if you'd like to <laughs> go ahead and put in a credit card, we'll we'll happily get that to you in about a month. That's that's great. That's what you know. Steve Blank would say. You know, put put the money where your mouth is. And of course. I remember he said he said a great uh, in one of the classes. He said a great story where he said when he was building epiphany i think that you know eventually it was like an eight billion dollar exit he said uh that he went to a meeting in a large bank and uh you know it was like a sales meeting and he had no idea how much to ask for and he somehow just heard somewhere that he should just ask for a million bucks and so there was the vp of whatever it and and asked so how much does it cost and and uh uh, Steve said, "Oh, million dollars!" And the person looked at him and said, "Per month?" He <laughs> said, "Oh yeah, 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 per month." Yes, of course. <laughs> so that's
2: that's a great story. Yeah. Oh man, that's that's like every new startup founder's dream. <laughs>
0: yeah. Absolutely.
2: Speaking of gathering the insights from the data, and I know you touched on machine learning and a couple other tools there, but specifically today, it seems like if I screen share with a potential customer, or I talk to a target user, it's still hard over the course of an hour or 45 minutes to actually pull together or tag or manually document every piece of potentially relevant information. So where do you see that going in the future? Where first, you need a place to put it, and then you need a way to organize it. In the future, it'd be great to go, oh, here's an audio file, automatically transcribe it, tag it, do some sort of yeah. automated analysis that pulls together that type of information
0: yeah yeah and all this can be done and there's services and we're actually um testing integrations with uh transcription and you know uh, uh transcription of audio files and then uh searching throughout and so on um i just i just want to say that um kind of the ideal world again where you have exactly every quote you know properly structured and grouped into the right pile. Uh that's that's ideal of course, but I think that we can get eighty percent of the value just by <clears throat> you know saying, oh, this is really interesting thing and you know, highlighting that or or tagging that moment. And then when you see a pattern emerging, you know, when you see, like, oh this is repeating or um people throughout time like you know the frequency increases and maybe the the intensity of people of the complaints increase then you can go back and say oh look these are all the people that mentioned them i can go and i can ask for more because now i understand that there's a trend and uh it's easy for me to find them because i know who they were you know you you have all the context so um you know, we, we, we are working on all these automated ways how to capture, translate and understand the topics and, you know, cluster them and so on and kind of suggest that to the product manager. Uh, I just think that for some foreseeable future, there will still be the need for the person actually going through it, right? And then going back and clarifying it and really making sure that the problem is well understood. It's not going to be just automatically here's the list of problems that you know you need to solve monday tuesday wednesday
1: i think you're also saying that if you just start doing it there's a huge amount of value versus not doing it at all
0: oh absolutely just just think about it if a pm leaves the company right that whole context just walks out of the door Mm -hmm. like all the knowledge like what do you do like have you ever seen a company where someone would go back and read the notes of the pm you know it, it doesn't happen right it's it's just there's so much lost uh just because we just keep it in our heads and mm-hmm. it's not accessible for anyone else
1: if the notes have been annotated in some way or highlighted as you as you said then they actually probably are valuable after they leave right
0: yeah yeah exactly and now suddenly you have this repository where you can show look this is like i've prioritized this because here are the people. Here are the problems, and you know you can go and dig through it, and feel free to call up all these people that, that had these problems and do you know deeper research for for the detailed design design decisions that you need to make. Um, so it's a very different environment, right? Suddenly right. everyone's empowered. There's visibility. There's transparency. Yeah. Now, how do you see huh? this
2: fitting? Because to me, there's two different focuses for product groups current customers that are getting support and maybe your account management team wants to upsell them. So their priority is, you know, the current customer base, what sort of things can I grow the, the value with them versus the sales team who wants the more recent pipeline and the marketing team who wants, you know, massive ammunition to go get totally new markets. Do you yeah. consider those to be completely separate contexts that should be analyzed separately? Or do you see that as part of the same product roadmap? that should be prioritized based on, you know, executive input or product input.
0: I think of the context as one shared context of the different groups of people in their different kind of, you know, stages of using the product and understanding the problems. You need to make these are sort of strategic decisions that, sh- that you're making, right? In what order you're going to tackle the problems. You should focus on having a really great solution for as many problems, for as many segments as you can... Afford right given the skill set given the 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 team that you have you know what 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 you can bring to the market uh so if you're a small startup you need to be super focused because you have very little resources if you're a bigger company you can obviously have multiple products in multiple product lines and you can you can be solving multiple things at the same time but the individual products still need to be focused on you know solving really well a few problems and uh, you know rather than having a mediocre product that solves ten, 10 problems kind of you know halfway
1: through that's fantastic i was wondering if you have a couple of piece of advice for product managers things that maybe they're probably not doing that they should
0: yeah yeah the key understanding and kind of realization is that there is a problem space and there's a solution space And you need to understand the problem space before you start figuring out the solution. And it's hard because, you know, people are fundamentally problem solvers. We are not as much problem seekers. We like to solve whatever is put in front of us. You know, many product folks are coming from technical backgrounds and we love to solve problems. Um, But... The hard part is to make sure that the problems worth solving, that we understand it right, that there is enough people in the marketplace. We need to understand that not everyone is like us, right? It's the bias of I have this problem, and so there must be many other problems, uh, many other people having the same problem. That's that's something that needs to be validated because you might be wrong. So that's that's key thing. And then the second thing is once you understand this you need to communicate it because you need to make sure that others understand the space, that they understand the problem. What I talked about, you know, creating the transparency and always having the discussions. And that's something that every product manager that's not doing it right now could start doing right away. Make sure you understand the problem space and make sure you communicate it and and just, you know, talk about it. Do regular product management office hours, you know, regular company-wide product management updates where you always reinforce how everything that you're building ties to the strategy, not just, oh, we had this big customer who asked for this feature, but you need to go a step further and you need to say the, the reason why this customer is important is not just the MRR or whatever the dollars, it's because this customer is in the target segment that represents the huge market opportunity thanks to which we're going to be a billion-dollar company.
1: That's Fantastic. And any, any advice you'd get want to give to your younger self?
0: <laughs> we all hear this advice and we all read these books like go out and do interviews and so on. It's actually hard work. It's it's difficult to make sure that you don't fall for quick answers of people and that you really dig deep. And so I wish I learned more about like consumer psychology and behavior and you know kind of the soft soft skills earlier on like user research techniques you know this is this is not just ux researcher like you as a product manager or product leader your primary job should be understand the people whose problems you're solving Mm -hmm. and so if you can invest into um, improving that skill set that's that's gold and that's that's going to be so valuable later down the road
1: that's great advice to new product managers, particularly ones coming in from engineering, I think, who do see everything as a problem to be solved as opposed to finding the problems that need to be solved. Can you
2: think of any good resources to help people get better at that type of thing, the active listening, digging deeper?
0: Yeah. There's great books on you know uh, consumer psychology and Predictively Irrational and everything from Dan Ariely and um you know intercom's blog the company intercom they they do great stuff the the jobs to be done podcast of uh chris speak and you know the the rewired group out of um where are they chicago or detroit where are they i can't remember now <laughs> um but that's that's great stuff you know it's it's all about the market and the problems um understanding like the techniques of how to do the interviews right and focusing on the moment when someone decided to switch from product a to product b that's when you can um find out the most right If 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 someone didn't decide to buy the product and you ask them why or if someone decided to buy the product and you ask them why that's the moment when they're gonna reveal the best their intentions
1: well, this has been great, Hubert. We're coming to the end of time here. A lot of really good information. If people wanted to check out productboard productboard dot I assume absolutely. If they want to follow you on Twitter at h palin at Twitter p a l a n, correct. It's, uh, really great, Hubert. It's been uh, really enjoyed, and uh, I'm very excited to see what happens with Productboard. Great.
0: Thank you, guys, for having me. It's been a real pleasure. Of course, thanks very we've much, Hubert. It.
1: All right, folks, it's time to wrap up
2: this episode and complete the interview with Hubert by highlighting some actionable takeaways. Number one, creating a central repository. Whether the information is coming from support, design, product, sales, or marketing, avoid biases by annotating and storing information in a central place. By doing this, we're better able to detect signal in all of that noise, and make better holistic decisions about the product. Number two, context is king. As Hubert pointed out many times during this discussion, knowing what problem you're solving and for whom you're solving it can simplify many of the issues of prioritization. It also serves as a basis for communicating across segments of your organization as well as a point of view to understand other team perspectives. Number three, Clarity and communication is the heart of the product leader's role. Like most of us, I can definitely get better at communicating across the organization and providing clarity about prioritization, context, and the decisions made in the product team. I'm excited to utilize the concepts Hubert points out to make progress day to day. And now, before we can go, we've got to ask two small favors from you. First off, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Second, please rate us on iTunes. It really helps to ensure that we continue to be at the top of the new and notable and other people like you can find us. We really appreciate getting your feedback, so we'd love to connect to you on alltheresponsibility.com, where you can also find links to our Medium and Twitter accounts. Until next time, this is Niels Davis and Rob McGrady.
1: have ignition.